shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks and their new Cosmic Cupcakes. To learn more, go to littledebbie.com forward slash Cosmic Cupcakes. With movies, gaming, books, comics, and collecting, a Little Debbie snack makes everything a little sweeter. Little Debbie, official snack of the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one! This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. I can't even tell you how big this is. This is huge. It would have to be huge for us to do an emergency session here at Rebel Force Radio, an emergency show. And it, but this is a good emergency. This isn't a bad emergency. And to get this group of folks together at the same time, it would have to be something big. And big it was, the official... Teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, dropped on us this morning at about 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, well, have you been able to see it yet? Everybody everybody here obviously has seen it, and I think it cleared up, but there for a while it was pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, glad you could be with us, glad to be with you here at Rebel Force Radio, as I said, emergency program covering the release of the teaser trailer of Star Wars Episode 7, and we have a fabulous group assembled, starting with my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars The Force Awakens fans. Today was a big day in Star Wars history, and we were all online this morning, or in theaters, as is the case with some of us, to see the world premiere of the first footage, official first footage to come from Star Wars The Force Awakens. So it's a huge day. We're glad we're um, here with you all, and you all are here with us. And um, we weren't going to do a show this week, (laughs) but as we teased last Friday, we had been hearing here behind the scenes that 
a trailer premiere this week could happen. We were also hearing other rumors about it being tacked on to the Hobbit film when that gets released. But here we are a week later. We teased it on Friday slash film picked it up on Saturday and also hinted it was a rumor. And then on Sunday, I've just put something on Facebook like, hmm, I wonder what will happen this week. And then sure enough, Monday hit. We got the big news. The trailer was going to be released. At first, we started hearing it was going to be released in a handful of theaters. It was Regal Cinemas who jumped the gun and put up a post saying that they would be featuring the trailer in front of all films running this Thanksgiving weekend starting on Friday. And uh, so then the dominoes just started to fall. Fan anxiety was at a fever pitch because it was a very small handful of theaters. I think only 30 of them actually announced that they would be showing the the trailer. So, So fan anxiety was huge because a lot of people those theaters were inaccessible. So um, thank goodness for iTunes and for StarWars.com and the Star Wars YouTube channel. Uh, We're all able to see the trailer at once. Like you said, Jason, it launched this morning. And I'm real happy to have the show on the air this week. We were planning on taking Thanksgiving week off and next week off, but no way, no way are we going to be far from our microphones when the first footage from The Force Awakens gets released. So I'm really pumped up. I'm really excited. And we got a great panel together to talk about it. We do indeed. We do. Uh, Starting with uh, all the way from across the pond, we have to have him on here. How could we not have him on here to talk about what we saw in this trailer? Uh, Paul Bateman. Paul, welcome. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. How could I not be? Um, I've only been awake for about 40 hours just in Yeah, fan anxiety at a fever pitch. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Also, uh, part of our uh, our A team, we have um, director Kyle Newman joining us. Kyle, always good hey to hear guys. from you. Thanks for having me. What an exciting morning! Oh, I mean, it's just uh, I, it's crazy, crazy. And for it to come out after a big holiday like that, and we're all kind of uh, fat from our turkey, uh, Paul. You know, no offense. Um, but that's what we do. And uh, so it's just uh, the timing was, was, was absolutely perfect. Christmas came a bit early, indeed. Uh, also joining us, producer and writer F.J. DeSanto. F.J., good to see you. Hi, guys. Great to have you. And also um, J.C. Reifenberg uh, from the Smodcast Network. Uh, J.C.? Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, actually, JC, you were the one guy that was in the theaters to see this. So I want to start with you and talk about what was the reaction like for the, 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 um, the audiences there assembled in the theater. Paint the picture for us. So uh, as you do as a Star Wars fan, I showed up about an hour early and got in line. I was there with uh, James Arnold Taylor and Kevin Smith and some of the Comlink crew. And um, by the time the doors opened up to let us in, there were probably about 50 or 60 people in line outside the uh, El Capitan Theater, which is Disney's big theater uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, We went in and we sat down and they made an announcement that they were going to show the the trailer in, they were going to show a couple trailers, and then they were going to show the Star Wars trailer. And then they were going to show the Star Wars trailer in 3D. And then we got to watch Big Hero 6, which nobody stayed for. (laughs) As they played the trailers 
you know, the first thing comes up, it's the green card preview, all audiences and everybody gasped and it was into the woods. And then another green card comes up and everybody gasped and it was some Kevin Costner movie. Another green card comes up and everybody gasped and it was Cinderella. And then, (laughs) and then when it was, you know, the tension in the room was like, nobody could even breathe at that point. You saw the sands of Tatooine fade up and, uh, and John Boyega jump up into screen. And, and it was just, the room just exhaled and was in it. You know, Mm. they were just in the movie. And then the, the biggest audible was when that lightsaber popped up. Mm-hmm. Everybody just out loud, what? You know, oh my gosh, like <laughs> screaming, not, not consciously screaming, but reactionary, couldn't hold it in out into the movie theater. Oh, it was awesome. And then in 3D, getting in to see it right after that in 3D was just incredible. Well, how did it look in 3D? You know, it, it didn't look all that different from the, the 2D version, except when the Millennium Falcon is twisting and flying and the, the vapor trails coming off of it. You, I mean, you, you were literally, it was in the movie theater with you. Wow. wow. JC, JC, what was Kevin Smith's reaction? Um, you know, Kevin uh, was super ex- I mean, to get Kevin to come out at 7 a.m. to watch a movie in the theater... Right, I was to watch the trailer in the theater. He was so stoked. He was so excited to see, you know, what he saw on set on screen and to see it with an audience. uh, I mean, he's just a huge fan, you know. I mean, right then and there, you know how big of a fan he is. He um, he loved the kind of the mix of the old and the new, where we saw kind of our new cast with the Millennium Falcon, you know, which was the high point in the trailer. You know, everybody went nuts. But you said that the, that the most, that the most uh, significant response from the audience was the saber being ignited, the not, saber. not that, the Falcon, well, but which that, surprises me. The saber was the, uh, the saber was the, the WTF moment. Like the holy cow moment. And the hero moment was that Millennium Falcon shot. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was when, you know, the music kicked in. The familiar John Williams was there. And and that's when you knew you were in Star Wars. Like it was old, old friends back in a movie theater watching the movie you've been waiting to see. Yeah, the problem is the only old friends you had were the ones you brought with you to the theater. <laughs> uh, but we, we, we'll, we'll talk about that now. Uh, I, guys, I mentioned uh, before that I felt that this was the most significant thing to happen uh, in Star Wars history since the release of Return of the Jedi. Is that an overstatement? I think so, because you cannot give enough credit to the sort of fan fever pitch that surrounded that episode one trailer when that was first released. I disagree. I was there in the theaters for that. And we bounced from meet Joe black over to water boy. And, uh, 
we kept watching the trailer over and over again and seeing those Star Wars images on the screen after 16 years, after it had really been laying dormant for a long time, was such a huge moment for this Star Wars fan in particular, but I think for a whole generation of Star Wars fans who were waiting for that moment and then to see all that stuff that would become then future Star Wars icons like the double-bladed lightsaber, Darth Maul, Padme Amidala, battle droids, etc. These were things that brought Star Wars back to life in a big way. So I don't think you can underestimate the impact that that trailer release had. Jason, you disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I think that um, this is capturing um, more people than that initial that initial trailer. Simply the fact that it's uh, our heroes are back. Now well, you don't see that from the trailer, but I think that that's captured people's imaginations more than the prequels. I think a lot of people went in there not knowing exactly what to expect, and then they see the trailer and it's all you know unfamiliar faces. They knew that it was going to be uh, taking place a couple decades before the action that they were familiar with. So uh, right away, I think that there was, you're walking in with a disconnect. There was no Millennium Falcon in that thing. I think that this is, um, for me, and from what I'm observing, this is capturing people um, in, a, in a way that I don't think has uh, since you know, the original films were coming out. Um, but anybody else uh, have an opinion on the significance of this? Uh, you know, I'll I, jump I, in. Go, go, uh, go ahead, go FJ. Ahead. Well, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't think you can compare it. Mostly because I think a lot of this excitement is born out of the fact that people were disheartened by the prequels. Oh, okay. So that has perhaps either. Well, well, what has that done though? Is that has that helped this film or has it hurt this film? It helps it. I mean, I think, I think you, people's disappointment with the previous is, uh, have helped. Yeah, it. and we've talked about this a lot. We we talked. Look, we all know Disney's strategies to get those lapsed fans back, and this is the first part of that, you know. And it, in my opinion, it's successful. Okay. Well, you know, and, we certainly. We, we I, I thought it was surprising that we didn't see any of those legacy characters. We didn't see Harrison, Mark, or Carrie. We didn't see Chewie. I, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I never recall seeing a Star Wars trailer that didn't involve at least one shot of R two. We get no R two in this. But there was a decision. Jumping ahead, Jimmy. Jumping ahead. <laughs> but there, is, there was a decision made to, to show some very powerful images that you associate with Star Wars immediately. The Falcon, the TIE Fighters, the X-Wing, blasters, lightsabers, stormtroopers. That takes the place of the impact the legacy characters and actors would have, I think, in this particular trailer because of that, because those are such powerful images that you immediately associate with Star Wars. Well, Paul, I think the Falcon covers that really well. Yes, yes. That's, the Falcon, of course, as people say, is a character in itself. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and a bit of a symbol. Well, let's talk about what we actually see. Paul, uh, help us break this down. What are we actually seeing here in this trailer? What are the things that are jumping out at you other than everything? Uh, a large amount of awesome. I mean, before we saw this, you know, clearly I was I was ranting on the internet about, well, where is my trailer? Because I was so dying to see this. Like, I'm sure 95% of the Star Wars fans out there couldn't wait to see this. Um, and so I was looking back at the the earlier trailers and actually looking at the, 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 the first teaser trailers and thinking, you know, 
some of these haven't weathered well. You know, like the 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 uh, the Phantom Menace trailer, which obviously we were all kind of crazy about at the time. Um, you know, that that has a lot of George or in it for a start off, which I think kind of you know colors things. But oh, the first one didn't. The first I, one did not have George in it at all. No, it had a little bit, but. But, you know, that's that's kind of coloured by, you know, our understanding of the sort of stories now, you know, all these years later. But at the time, I, I agree that, you know, the trailer for Phantom was hugely impactful. I think I must have watched that thing a thousand times. And for, yeah. for me, you know, this w- watching this, the one thing I kind of really physically got from this was a real sense of um, a return to reality, you know, and I'm sure uh, that there... Yes. You know, you know, Paul, I got to I got to jump in here just to say, because I was watching this with my wife the first time I saw it. So I was watching it with my wife and she she said the exact same thing. She's like, this movie looks a lot more real than the last ones. Yeah. I mean, my my first reaction, my gut reaction to the opening shot was, oh, this feels like a home movie. I mean, like initially I thought I was waiting for the David Lean moment and I actually kind of felt like a holiday holiday footage of a beach. I mean, I literally, I thought, well, this is a bit lacking in scope for a shot of, the, of a desert. It felt very locked off, felt very kind of mundane. And then once Boyega moved into the shot, it, all of a sudden, you know, my opinion of it changed. And uh, and I immediately, what immediately occurred to me was, you know, the, the, the prequels had plenty of scope. But, you know, for, for me and many other fans, I kind of felt as though there was a lack of connectivity to, to the story and the plot because I felt as though a huge amount of what I was looking at was so synthetic but the thing that I immediately got from this trailer was real people in trooper outfits, you know, real mm. people, real sets doing real stuff. And I know that, 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 you know, people complain about that thing, that aspect of things way too much in that we were all aware of the fact that there were heaps of models and heaps of real sets in the prequel trilogy. But there was a certain um, lack of reality about the clones and stuff that I could never lose sight of. And the battle droids as well. And the droids too. And for me, for me this kind of felt like, Okay, we, it might be a little lacking in scope just purely because this is really early days, and as we're all aware, they only finished shooting you know this a couple of weeks ago, so that there aren't a heap of visual effects shots you know present and, uh, to to sort of give us that sense of scale, which I'm sure will will be there. Paul, is uh, it possible just you know in your experience, is it possible that what we saw there at the end of the trailer with the Falcon is rough, or do you think that's finished? Uh, well, my personal feeling was that that shot. I mean, because I, you know, I've made n- no bones about the fact that the Falcon is my favourite starship in in all of Star Wars, and I loved seeing the Falcon back in action again. And what I would say is that shot. The first half, it was like, oh wow, look, they've put kind of contrails on. Look, you know, this really feels great. Uh, uh, but for me, h- half of it re- was really effective, and then the latter half, I kind of went, oh, this is starting to feel a bit computer gamey. And and when when it sort of like span across the desert and and swung past the ties and stuff like that, the framing felt very kind of computer gamey. Um, so I mean m- maybe so, but the the first half of that I thought looked amazing and it was wonderful to see the Falcon back in action. But the latter- computer gamey, there's there's no CGI in this. It's all practical. Well, I, I don't know about that. That that, that Falcon just is not a kidding. model. I'm just I'm kidding. There's oh, CGI I see. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, because I, I don't have a problem with CGI. Some of my favorite shots in the prequel trilogy are CG, you know, and, I, and, and I, I don't mind that. It's just a question of, like, how it's handled. You know, it's like, I know we've had this conversation before about, you know, whether or not... It's a delicate balance, isn't it, between kind of doing something that's, that's like, innovative and freeing for a director, that, you know, giving people a shot that's really nice and new and, uh, you know, involving and immersive, you know, and that... 
sometimes CG is the best tool for that. And, and it's nice to kind of get, have a new experience and have a new move and, and see something interesting, you know. But at the same time, there is an argument for kind of keeping it um, something that could be conceivably shot with a camera and ha- having a kind of a certain reality that comes with, you know, a little bit of restraint. And and for me, I kind of felt like the first first half of that that particular shot felt fantastic, and then the latter half for me was very computer gamey. But um, my overall feeling about this was, if, uh, you know, like I say, an increased sense of reality, and uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was firing on all cylinders. I'd say about ninety percent of this teaser trailer for me just worked gangbusters, and then a very small percentage of it, I just kind of felt like, oh, I don't know about that, you know. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's it's lame to sort of criticise anything in this trailer so early on. You know, I think I think we're very lucky to have something this wonderful, this fresh out of the gate. You know, the guys at Jedi News did a great job because what they did is they actually took it um, literally uh, uh, frame by frame. They have it up there on the website, and when you when you scroll through it, guys, you you see really how little we actually see. Uh, as Paul said and JC pointed out, we see the uh, the desert landscape. We're assuming Tatooine. Um, we don't know for sure. Uh, we see Boyega in trooper armor. We see what looks like Daisy Ridley on some sort of uh, speeder vehicle, maybe on the same planet. We see a um, an X-wing pilot and a configuration of X-wings, which is my favorite shot of the whole trailer, skimming across the water. Which is something you know. I love when they take something familiar and put it in an unfamiliar uh, setting. I love that. And then oh, this is arguably the bad guy. We see him in sort of in a in a forest um, with some snow falling and the ignition of the lightsaber. Why do you say arguably the bad guy? He seems pretty clearly the bad guy to me <laughs> i just know from star wars trailers that you just you never really know rick Oli, rick Oli, <laughs> rick Oli uh, wasn't he's gonna be what? awesome he's he gonna was. be the big hero of the movie <laughs> oh god there was never anything cool <laughs> all right and then of course you see the a little bit of dogfight action between the the falcon and the ties uh and then and then the titles so um, I know everybody else is 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 jonesing in here. So as far as the stuff that you see, uh, just chime in. What 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 can we take away from what we're seeing, or what do you think are some of the the moments that are your? It was just your favorite breathtaking moment. A lot of goosebumps. What gave you the goosebumps? Well, let's talk about the most unique thing in the trailer, and that is the Beach Ball R two droid. Um, what do you guys make of him? Uh, I totally skipped over him, didn't I? Yeah, I, mean, I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got ooze and ahs out of my 11-year-old. Dylan okay. thought that the thing was cool. Uh, Wendy said uh, it was uh, Shades of Wally. Um, not not Wally, but the uh, other the other droid in Wally, uh, the the girl he has a crush on, I guess. Eva. <laughs> Eva. You know, I, I didn't even – you know what? That, it, that was so not, mom, you know, momentous that it didn't even make Jedi News' frame by frame. You've got to be kidding no, me. No, it's not in there. It's an amazing shot. He, he's flying along uh, the desert floor in that familiar outpost that we saw in those TMZ photos way back when. And he, he, does, he flies by that big pod racer engine that we keep seeing in almost like every leaked photo. And, um, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's rolling along. We've never seen an R2 unit like that. Um, could it be... CG, is it a practical model? How do they pull off that? Look, I think it's impossible for it to be a practical model, but you never know. Um, Jimmy, I'm going to jump in and say I think you're on the right track. But I can't <laughs> say anything else. Why is that? 
Uh, because I may have information or I may not. Hey, man, if, I, you, I if believe... you have information, this is the place to spill. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hold back around here. Um, I, you know, like Kyle said, there's no CG in that movie. This is clearly not practical. There will have a practical version at Toys R Us next yeah. December. <laughs> it won't work nearly as well, but that guy is clearly CG. That's Every single thing. shot in this is augmented by CG, and that's not a good thing. I mean, it's a, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, everybody. Like, that's just a reality. So putting that all aside, this thing is breathtaking. It's awesome. It pushed all the right buttons. You've got classic vehicles landmarking it they wanted to show something fresh exciting and new and they wanted to give you just a brief glimpse of all these characters right off the bat you know this isn't this is a new era this is not a clone wearing an outfit this is obviously not a a Django duplicate this is John Boyega he's in a distressed position you're seeing when have you ever seen a stormtrooper with their helmet off in this kind of You've never Action seen a storm scenario. Trip. Yeah, like you've that. never seen in the original trilogy. Never saw storm. The trip. only person you ever saw unmasked heroes. You yeah, saw the heroes o- unmasked. But so you ne- a- yeah, you never saw any villains unmasked except for Vader. It's a striking way to open. Obviously, this opening shot is not totally in the movie. They probably used some head on it from when they shot before he popped into frame because you're not going to sit there that long in the desert on nothing. This is manufactured for the placement of voiceover. Which is used somewhere else. This is not where it's used in the film. And then, you know, Daisy Ridley riding this amazing, elegant popsicle stick. It's so cool. I want one. Um, The goggles, it's all reminiscent of classic. um, Kyle's taking over. He's just going to throw the entire analysis (laughs) out. Well, I've been waiting here. You guys have been talking. It's 30 minutes. I'm just <laughs> I, you know what? I knew it. It was so he was so bottled up. I've been getting texts from David Collins who wants to jump. <laughs> I said, David, don't even bother right now. Everyone's talking. Kyle can't even get in a word. Yeah, so it, but here's the, here's an important thing. You clearly know that these aren't clones again because you see the stormtroopers. If you look at the freeze frame, they're all different heights, you know, which is also very unusual. So these are, you know, we're back to recruits or um, non-clones. Um, there's been no rumors that everybody looks like John Boyega. So and not every, every stormtrooper. So this is, this is something that's very different, but I do think, um, you know, one thing that was probably the most striking to me, I knew we were going to get the Falcon, but I think it's that saber. Really? And, you know, you know what? I, I just want to throw this in Kyle, since you brought it up. My, my wife, again, it looks about, old. It you looks know ancient. what? Yeah, it looks ancient. The, mm-hmm. the, the blade looks very rough and jagged. It looks almost like a flame. And, this, and her observation was, and I just think it's relevant because, you know, we're going to geek out and fanboy out, but, you know, somebody who is not quite as, um, as, as into this as we are, she goes, boy, I thought that was really weak. I mean, it made me think of when Darth Maul um, opened up that double-bladed lightsaber, and that was just so much more impactful. She goes, this is like those two little beep, beep on the side. But this she was not all that, she was not all that ex- excited. This says something about like there's it, it harkens back like there's something history to it, ancient or custom made, you know, where it's not as Is it pre Vizlas? Well, you know what we his dark saber. <laughs> we heard rumors that Adam Driver's character is obsessed with the Sith and he goes out seeking Sith artifacts. This could be an old relic, which I yeah, think exactly. is cool. I, yeah. I think it's cool too. That I think it's cool awesome. too. I, I think it's really cool. I loved seeing um, I loved seeing the character in in that um, kind of wooded uh, I don't know something like a cross between something you'd see in Narnia and Lord of the Rings. I thought. Yeah. It's, well, I was going to ask you guys. Can you think this is 
like clearly Tatooine at the beginning. Maybe it was renamed when the Imperials took it over, or maybe it's a sister planet. What what did you guys interpret? I know there's been a lot of back and forth. Is is this going to be Tatooine, even though they say it's not, but it looks exactly like it? I, I think it's a have weird. They, Kyle, have they Wars. definitively have they have they definitively said that it's not Tatooine? No. No, but I've heard rumblings that it's supposedly not and people aren't saying it is. But you do see a pod racer and you do see some of that old Ralph McQuarrie stuff and some of the TMZ stills. And that's clearly the same. By the planet. way, you know, I do. I want to point out and I'm not saying anything you know, bad about J.J. Abrams. This is not. But I, but I thought that the whole and this is sort of the pink elephant in the room when it comes to you know, hearing things from official channels. Um, not from Lucasfilm, but anything out of J.J.'s camp. You know, you have to think back to um, Star Trek Into Darkness and it's not Khan, it's not Khan. You just can't. This guy has lost, I'm sorry, but he's lost all credibility when it comes to, he has absolutely lost credibility because it's how dumb do you think we are. Now, the introduction of a new desert planet that looks like Tatooine, I don't think that that it's effective. I don't either. It's got to be Tatooine. It, it, or you'd make it a desert planet, but you'd modify, even if you shot it practically in Abu Dhabi, you'd go and you'd change the color of the sand to be like pale blue, or you'd make something exotic about it. Hey, you wouldn't duplicate it exactly and then call it Matuine. You know, it's just. <laughs> it's got, it's, it's Dantooine. It's Dantooine. Maybe we're seeing that for the first time. It's got to be Tatooine. Yeah. You don't start with that yeah. shot. You don't start with that shot in the trailer. If you know, and it's not Tatooine. Yes, there's something about Tatooine too that's like that's like the Genesis planet of this, and, and Doom. Yes, you know, everything yes. went back to Arrakis, and in Star yeah, Wars, everything goes back to Star Tatooine. Wars, right? It is kind of the birthplace of Star Wars. It's a big planet, yeah. and we've only been to two places on it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But we all have to remember too. This is the other thing: is it's you know it's misconstrued by a lot of people. But Anakin wasn't born on Tatooine, so that is the one little spanner in that whole. Thing I don't know why he wasn't, but I like how FJ says it's a big planet. I wonder which moss we're going to be going to. <laughs> there's, there's like 25 mosses. <laughs> which moss, moss are you from? Moss Burger, Moss. You know, there's all these places. All right, what did you guys think of the uh, X wings skimming hey, across the water? Can I can I jump I, in no. real quick? I, yeah, I J- JC, Kyle, yes, please. Because you mentioned the John Boyega as the stormtrooper. If you listen, you hear an Imperial probe droid yes, you underneath do. that audio. Do you think that he's actually a good guy in a Stormtrooper disguise and running from the Imperials? Yes. Because well, I, I thought think, that might be the case. I don't know if he's good or bad, but, I mean, I, it does look like he's in a distressed situation, like something just happened to him and he's gotten up. There are rumors of, like, a crash. could be validating some of that, but it looks like... He's obviously on some place completely unfamiliar, and he's woken up into something that he needs to get out of. So he looks distressed, and the probe might be after him. Now, maybe it's something like maybe he's a bad guy, but then you know he does something wrong, and they turn on him. Or maybe he has an epiphany about something at the beginning of the movie and does something against the Empire, and they shoot him down. Or maybe he's inadvertently shot down in conflict. Or maybe it's just he goes down, and then... He's taken under by locals. I mean, it could mean a lot of things. He could be a good guy in disguise, but um, I think I think from the way they're going here, where they're opening it up with a fresh new face and a stormtrooper outfit, you get this iconic combination. Your heroes are normally in the stormtrooper outfit. I think he's either going to grow into the hero or he is the hero. I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, 
I love the molding, you know, on the back of it. It's yeah. very different than the classic. Um, but like, nice like I said, it is a choice to open with this character right here. The title is The Force Awakens and the narration is detailing with, um, you know, The Force Awakening. And then it cuts to him. So it's implying that maybe it's awakening in him or this event is the catalyst or something for The Force Awakening. Wow. Uh, anybody else want to uh, chime in with uh, a comment on some of the visuals here? Because we want to talk about uh, Jimmy. Well, you we want to talk about talk what we're hearing, also, which is very significant. But uh, FJ, was that you? I said you wanted to talk about the X wings. Yeah, the X wings. I want to go surfing on one. That's that's like my favorite part. Yeah, I'm, like me, great show. I mean, I mean, as Paul tell you, that is so. That's like a Ralph McQuarrie fever dream for me. <laughs> Me too. Those <laughs> X-Men. But to have them over water, you know what I mean? Just we haven't seen that before. Right. Yeah. And God knows what they're going after because the pilot looks a little beat up. Is the pilot Oscar Isaac? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oscar. Okay. And yeah, he does have a bruise under his eye. Yeah, he looks a little beat up. Like they, they people don't, noted like the lack of space battles, but I think it's interesting to see that there is um you know, using X Wings in in a non-familiar environment. Same thing with seeing, uh, we saw X-Wings obviously take off over Yavin 4, but like, um, well, we've not seen the Falcon engaged in battle in atmosphere yet. Well, we've seen it being shot at leaving Tatooine. Yes. Yes. But that's true. You could count cloud city too. I mean, that is within an, it's within atmosphere, but it's not actually like a ground, not where you're seeing landscape and all of that. It it felt very fresh. It still felt fresh, not a rehash. Oh Yeah. Yeah. What's cool about these X-Wings is we're seeing them in attack formation with the S-foils separated. And, and you see that they're more scissor-like where yeah. they don't separate right above each other, but one is in front of another. They look like puzzle pieces. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and there's no space in this trailer, right? There's nothing in space. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, there is. There's the the lettering. No, that doesn't count. (laughs) Yes, it does. Star Wars. You know you're going to get that. There's no scene in this trailer that takes place in space. Even the troopers. They're not not attacking Death Stars or Trade Federation control ships. So that eliminates. (laughs) You know, we know we're probably not going to get a third act where they have to blow up a control ship. Kyle, I, I know when we we were talking off off the air about you know the, what our concerns were, or what not so much concerns, but what our hopes were for for episode seven, not just the trailer, but in general, you know. And I remember we were both kind of concerned that they might lose sight of the mythological aspect of it. And I think the one thing that I got from seeing the bad guy kind of you know storming through the through very the wood, mythological, like Excalibur. Yeah, it felt really mythological, and although. You know, like you know, as an outside of the story, it's hard to be objective about these things. And initially, I kind of looked at the saber, and just from a design point of view, I kind of thought, well, it looks cool, but it kind of it's maybe a little impractical because you know you could easily stab yourself in the thumb with those little, you know, the pommels that are. That's what I like, though, Paul. Yeah, but in the end, it just looks cool. It does. I I like. I like the. It's I like the unstableness of it, you know, the fact that it looked volatile and like it was it was probably like highly unsafe. You know, and I'm it looks I'm looking like there's no I'm, guidebook yeah. to the Sith anymore. You yeah, know? Yeah. And so this character probably had to go get something ancient or make it himself because there's no more Sith lineage and there's no more Jedi lineage. So it's cool that we it's all of it's gotten out of Coruscant. All of uh-huh. it seems like it's in 
out in the frontier or out in nature or out in the world. This is not taking place on the central planet and it's not all about the politics of people. This seems like it's out in the world. Stuff is going down. Things are happening. Characters are in distress situations. It's obviously it's a teaser. It's supposed to be cryptic, but everything is done very, very purposefully. So know that every image in a trailer and everything that follows it, you only have so much time. So they've made a lot of thoughts about this. So think about where the voice that comes in, what it's saying. It's it says the dark side and the light. So in the absence, that's this is the most important thing of this trailer. Because at the end of Return of the Jedi, the Force is balanced. Luke obviously um, unlocked his father. Everything prophesized, fulfilled. All of that that was that that seemed like it came to a culmination and subsided. We're thirty something years later, so the, the, we've had some equilibrium, um, and now the Force is awakening. But not just one. It seems like it, whatever happened, it did it in a balanced way. Where there's this and this, because it's been brought to neutral to nothing. Well, let's uh, yes, and one of the things that I thought was so cool about the uh, the voiceover is that you know initially you think, oh, this has clearly got to be a bad guy. It's a very ominous voice. He's talking about you know there's an awakening, but then at the very end he says and the light. So now I'm uh, hearing not it's, so sure. That's I'm like he- a cool narrator. Oh, I'm hearing it's circus, not driver. I'm hearing it's. It, I've also read stuff that people say could be um, what's his name? Uh, Sido. Yeah, Jimmy Mack. Let's oh. let's hear from you. What we, we talked about a lot of, about what we're or hearing, or, or what that we're uh, what we're seeing. But tell me, what are we hearing in this? Uh, one of the first things that jumped out at me was, as JC pointed out, the probe droid sound effect. Oh yes, I love to hear the probe out there. I mean, what, what does that symbolize to you? It symbolizes pursuit. It, you know, so that's what what we're get we're understanding here. That's why it looks like Boyega's on the run from the Empire, despite the fact he's wearing stormtrooper armor. You hear that probot, and I still call it probot too. I, I do. I, do I don't too. know. Yeah, that's that's old school, right? FJ. Yeah. You bet. So, um, <laughs> so, but he hears it. So that that symbolizes that he is being pursued by the Empire. He might be a defector. I've seen some concept art of death or uh, tie fighters on fire uh tie fighters crashed on that sandy environment but we've seen a lot of other old trilogy original trilogy vehicles that look like they've been trashed in this environment through the concept art none of that showed up in the trailer but we've seen adats laying on its side and uh, tie fighters x-wings so this is the the spot where a big battle happened so maybe Maybe Boyega's character was involved in that kind of battle, too. You see him in the Stormtrooper armor, which is cool. It's the first black dude we've ever seen wear Stormtrooper armor. So hats off. Um, <laughs> uh, in the voiceover. Okay, let's get into the voiceover. A yes, little. yes. Who is it? Well, you know, that's, that's the question. And I've, some people online have been speculating that it's Benjamin Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict. What, I, I always call him Benedict all right, Benedict Cumberbatch. Billy Boy Cumberbund. BD. <laughs> BD. Cumberbund. BC. So he's always ready for prom. Okay, so Benedict. Um, some people have been saying it's, it's his voice. I don't hear it. So what we did is, is very similar to what we did in the recent Star Wars Rebels Declassified. We took the audio into the RFR Sound Lab. 
much like we did with the audio of the fulcrum. And we worked with some pitch changes to try to determine and identify who this voice belongs to. So, Jason, play clip one. You'll actually hear. Okay. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Now, I'm hearing hearing Andy Serkis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely hearing Andy Serkis. You guys hearing it, too? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know what? We we have a, a couple of other examples. Was that Mark clip, Jason? Was that clip one that you played? That's actually three clip. Yeah, I wanted clip one. You want clip one? Okay, yeah. so you want it? You want it clean without the? I thought you wanted it with the voice modulation. Well, no, I I, I had a there was a, a process. I was I was going down a trail here. Okay, all right. Let's go. I, let's I, do I, clip I, one. I here we just go. Got... All right. I'm Ahsoka. I'm the new Padawan learner. So, I mean, I, it's very kind of like the fulcrum. All right. Well, whatever. My oh, whole- oh, I thought you oh. were. I thought you were trying to compare the the, uh, the 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 soundtrack, the music that we're hearing in the background. No, no, no. That that got derailed. So that's no big deal. All right. All right. I spent half an hour working on that. <laughs> it was a little obtuse. So. <laughs> Put this aside. Uh, all right. Well, so yes, I'm hearing Andy Circus as well. What's clip two? I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you want to play that that voice uh, where I, I, I pitched it up, I pitched it up two steps each time. And by the time we're we're pitching up four steps, you'll hear clearly. It, there's a big similarity between this. Voice Can we hear? It? Let's play it again because I want to hear it again. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly Andy Circus. Yeah, and we don't know what character he's playing. I mean, a lot of speculation is he's playing a stop motion character. Um but we you know, up until now we don't really have any visual indication of what that might be. No, um, not whatsoever. I'm pleased it doesn't have a strange accent that you kind of go, why is he French or Jamaican or what, you know? There's no well, confusion. There were rumors that Andy Circus was the blue friend. Well, that would make sense. Now, we because don't. You really don't go get Andy Circus unless you're trying to work with him and his motion. Motion uh, capture. That's motion I think capture still company. Still and his, his motion capture company, aren't they also involved? Hasn't there been discussion about that or a slip about them being officially contracted? So yeah, that was a story that broke. That yes, they are. Or maybe he's like, "Look, you can use my company, but let me be in it." Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that happens. <laughs> that I think they're. I think what they did is, you know, Andy Serkis is in it, and he's playing somebody that is being motion controlled. At least, maybe he's more than one character because he's very versatile and talented. So, but um, there were rumors that he was uh, this blue character that was in one of these. Uh, so some of those leaked pictures, you know. Uh, Jim, I want to I want to talk about the music. I thought that you that was something that you might have been uh, queuing up there. I, I, I apologize, but but you know we were told that John Williams went into the studio to re-record, and um, if he went in to re-record, I don't know what he went in to re-record because or to record new because it was really just kind of a little bit of ominous music followed by you know the familiar fanfare. Well, this is true, but you know that. 
ominous music needs to come from somewhere. Yeah, I guess, but couldn't you have gotten that from like any kind of sampling mix? I mean, let's listen to it here real quick. Got the winds. I, that's me last night after Thanksgiving. <laughs> there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? My precious. Now, see, I thought the bump, bump, which we've heard in other trailers that have been used, and that's from um, Return of the Jedi on the skiff. Exactly. But this, this but it does like- sound different, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it does want to play now. But anyway, it sounds different. So I guess that's the original John Williams music. Um, then, I, like I said, followed by the, the typical fanfare. Who he'll knows? Be putting it, he'll be really earning his paycheck in the second half of next year when he really locks and loads the, uh, the soundtrack. Well, I know. I just was, you know, there was all this, John Williams is in the studio, buzz, and uh, you know, all I got we- was womp. <laughs> I was womp. Uh, no hog squaddle in the teaser. No hog squaddle. Well, so you know what? You want to save. Look, you don't want to blow your load. All right. No. And they got the hog man. They got him in the wings. They're waiting. Yeah. Was he one of the ships? He might be one of those X-wings. <laughs> you, might, he's, you know what? If it was an it's, EU novel, he'd be piloting the damn thing. Exactly. <laughs> well, of course he would. Oh, my God. Hey, can I throw something nerdy out? Yeah, for please, please. No, so, not at all. Not that we've been doing that. <laughs> no, really. I thought it was very analytical, but something I, I, I noticed. In the, I, I keep going back to the X-wing stuff, but I, I don't know if anybody's done this yet, but if you notice on Oscar Isaac's uniform, there's writing on it. Oh boy. Yeah. Wait a minute. Has anybody tried to translate that yet? It, is this it says it says pull to inflate in Orbesh, but it's upside down. So Seriously. it says go if, see a most violent year in theaters this winter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, where's the writing? On the bottom on well, in the trailer it's on his left just his chest, left, like his breast. On the front? Yes. It's on so his left breast under the black lines logo. Man, I am not I am not seeing it. You see it on his breastplate? Right I'm frame by frame. I am frame by frame on this. And I see him turning. Is it when he first pops up? I don't know. I'm looking at a still shot of it now. Oh, you are. It's pretty I... clear. Yeah. Does it really say pull to inflate? It says pull to inflate, only it's upside down. As if he looks down on it, then right. it's right side up. But to us from the Maybe camera, they reversed the shot. I don't know. They could have reversed the shot. But it's upside down. It's not flipped. It's actually it's oh, as oh, if oh, he's looking so, down. Yeah. Like, oh no, my ship's about to explode. What do I do? He looks down and he reads, "Pull to inflate." This is this is the shot of Boyega. No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm Oscar sorry. Isaac. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay, I'm catching. <clears throat> what up inflates? Now. What inflates? Does he have one of those vintage yellow lightsabers? Oh that, yeah, right. Look it, at that inflates and puts <laughs> on the. The flashlight. It's, it's his seat bottom can be used to as an inflation. Guys, what do you make? Now that we're looking at him, what do you make of the helmet? It looks like um, I love it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. it I, I think it was, um, you know, Kyle. You were saying that this is. I think what you're kind of intimating was that this is a little bit more of a kind of chaotic. It's not coming from a centralized location, so you kind of have a, a, a more roguish kind of. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Everybody, every everybody is kind of an individual here, and this looks like a very individual design for the helmet. This doesn't look like any kind of uniform. I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Well, it looks like, yeah, we're still getting some of that um, personalization. It looks a little bit battle damage. Um, you know, I just think the important thing you notice from like a squadron of, of X-Wings is that it, it looks like the conflict, whatever conflict was going on, is still unresolved. We're still seeing, obviously, TIE fighters, stormtroopers, rebels in traditional outfits with classic helmets. Um, and rather than just being the old stuff, dusted off and brought out, which would indicate, you know, things were quiet for 30 years and then stirred up, it looks like there's been a progression on all of the all of the old stuff we're familiar with. So the war continued, but they just kept improving the machinery and the ships. Mm. So it's not like, oh, oh, they're back. Let's let's pull the tarps off the X-Wings. It's, <laughs> no, we've made, we've had to continue making improvements to the X-Wing because this has been going on for 30 years. That's what I interpreted from the evolution in design, the mm. familiar yet evolved um, same thing with Falcon, you notice there's, you know, obviously they lost the, the, the dish in, you know, the end of Return of the Jedi and, and it had to be replaced. So you see that, you see these little details about how things just picked up where they left off, but in a smart way. Um, so I love, I love those kind of helmets. I mean, if you're going to put, put people back in X-Wings, you better, you better do it right, you know, and you better go back to kind of some of the, the classic look and, and why would they rethink it completely, you know? Right, right. Um, FJ, we have spent a lot of time talking about what we see and hear in this trailer. Okay. What don't we see? Well, we don't see any anything. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, a lot of people seem to have a problem with. I don't. Okay, tell me why. That. Tell me why you don't have I, a problem. I, I, Where's I our was... shot of Han in the cockpit of the Falcon? Where is Luke with the beard? Where is... Look, you got a year for this movie. You got a year plus. You, you know, set the tone with the new characters. And then when the Avengers comes out and we get the full trailer, then everybody's going to lose their minds. When they see them in the trailer, so this is building to a crescendo. Yeah, I mean, this is look. You, I, I, I want to see them in this trailer, but I'm not disappointed. You know, it makes me anticipate it more. You got the Falcon. It's like who I think Kyle said it before. You deliver on every sort of Star Wars element in this: X-wing, X-wing pilots. You don't need those guys. Oh, yes. You so don't like, need those guys. They wait, don't wait a minute. Do you not need them? I don't them? think you don't need them, but it's like if you're going to set the foundation. That's the next one. For the characters that are going to – look, in, in this order, you're seeing the new lineup. You're seeing Boyega. You're seeing her. You're seeing uh, Oscar Isaac. You're seeing the droid. You're seeing the bad guy. That's your centerpiece for this. Everything else after this is gravy now. You know what I mean? Let everybody for the next six months speculate who these characters are and who knows when they might you know, start to reveal stuff even before that. Like, oh, this person's name is this. Or that, etc. You know, use you don't them want in the to... next trailer. The, otherwise, yeah. it's a reunion. You some R two D two pull up and go, <laughs> oh yay! Dun, 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 dun. No, they're not going to do that. That that's like they've been doing that for thirty eight years. Every time they put out a DVD or a VHS or a Blu ray, okay, or a, all right, or all right. Now, but, but 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 wait a minute though. Right. Now hold on a second though, because I'm because I'm curious about this. Kyle, you say you say that they don't need them. Do they not need them because we all should know by now that they're in it? Or are you saying that we don't even need the legacy characters? This is about the future of Star Wars. It's it's most importantly the future of Star Wars. And second most important thing is I think they want to give it a a fresh identity. So it doesn't feel like 
someone goes, oh, Han Solo, and some kid doesn't know who that is. If you don't know Star Wars, you could watch this and just be pulled in and intrigued. Like, what are these striking images? What's going on? Also, if you put R2 and the little football, uh, soccer ball R2-D2, soccer D2, then you, um, they neutralize each other. What's special about soccer D2? He, he's overshadowed by R2-D2, you know, just pure nostalgia. I think there's enough, every single image of this, look, you open up, you got him in a stormtrooper outfit on a familiar planet. You've got stormtroopers. Then behind soccer ball D2, you have tattoo. <laughs> then you have Daisy Ridley riding a speeder, like Luke rode a speeder, wrapped up kind of like a Tatooine denizen. Then you've got X-Wings. Then you've got lightsabers. You've got Millennium Falcons. You've got TIE Fighters. You already are anchoring it with iconography. You don't need to overdo it and make them say, well, I saw the original trilogy. I'm kind of done. What's fresh about Han Solo? What's cool about it is he's back in it. Boy, it, I, I, I mean, I hear you. I think, I think that you artic- you did a great job of articulating their strategy. I, but, but Paul, there's a part of me that feels like uh, that that strategy could be a slight miscalculation given the hype, and people are hearing that um, oh. this is this is a reunion. They're expecting a reunion. That is kind of what a lot of uh, old school fans want, and this trailer did not deliver when it comes to that. Well, I, I think, like you know, as a as a passionate old school obsessive, you know, and even though I, I love the prequels, there are things about it that I would still change to this day, you know. But clearly, it's George's idea. I feel like, um, although we've not had those guys in the in this trailer yet, I feel their presence more. Than I, I ever did in the prequel trilogy, and by that I mean, for example, Padme. Padme for me, I never believed that she was Leia's mother. She always felt, no matter how kind of tooled up she got, no matter how many guns they put in her hand, she always felt like a bit of a wet princess to me. I, she, she never really felt like the tough, you know, empowered, um, self-sufficient woman that Leia was. You know, you always felt that Leia could could probably give any of the other guys in the movie a thick ear if she really if she got into a fight with him you'd think like leia might win you know <laughs> right yeah with well, me, she had to she was a pacifist yeah you, with with padme i always felt you could be blindfolded tie one hand behind your back and you could probably push her off a cliff without much effort, <laughs> you know but, but but with daisy ridley's character i kind of ah. immediately like now nah, this is somebody i could believe is related to leia if indeed she is you know she felt like kind of confident tough you know, she immediately kind of gave you the impression that she could handle herself. Mm. Although I'm not sure why, but she just had a confidence, you know, that I felt wasn't wasn't really there for me with with Padme. And I know there will be lots of people who disagree with me, but but you know, so in a way, although those characters aren't in this movie, I kind of feel like their lineage is, you know, even though we're not sure of who belongs to who. All right, but does does it does it speak to the? role that the legacy characters as as Carrie Fisher revealed last week at an appearance in Tokyo that that's how they're referred to the legacy characters when they're on set um, does this trailer in any way kind of telegraph the significance that the legacy characters are going to have in this film are they just a little bit of backdrop and dressing I can't, can't determine that I mean, like we, we've we've heard from the start, haven't we, that this is probably quite a Han Solo centric movie. So I, I think I think you know you guys are right in that we, people do need to get used to the fact that they, at some point they are going to pass the baton. 
and we are going to you know end up focusing more on the well, younger that's what makes it so odd paul is that what we're hearing is that what we heard for so long was that it is han's movie and yet no han although do you not need han because the falcon is such a symbol of not just han but all of the familiar characters well, that that I, I, did it I think Carl's right. I think that the, it's, it's all about, you know, the practicality of just kind of like slowly pacing people towards something that's going to blow their minds. And if you, and if you, if you show all in the initial preview trail, I mean, seriously, if you go back and look at some of the early preview trailers, I mean, I mean, especially the Empire one, you know, it's all artwork. And although, you know, I adore Ralph's art, it's, it's not quite as impactful as, as, you know, some of the newer trailers were. You know, it's kind of very, very, you know, tra- trailers were at one time anyway, very kind of, you know, truly teasery. You, you were lucky if, you know, you look at things like the Spider-Man teasers and stuff like that. You're lucky if you got a logo. So for me, I'm, a, I'm actually very happy that, that, that this is, this is out there now. So soon after finishing shooting, I think it's, it's a wonderful treat and it's a glimpse into what we're going to get, but I didn't expect it to truly represent the movie as a whole. I think they've got so far to go with that, you know, and, and clearly the, you know, that they're, they're going to want to, Make sure that everybody looks their best, and that, you know, not not give too much away. I mean, I would hope that that the the, the scenes that involve you know Leia and, and Luke and Han are important, kind of significant scenes, and not necessarily stuff that's you know just kind of disposable, you know, or maybe um, sh- sh- sequences where where you know nothing important is happening. You know, I would hope that those scenes are going to be very significant, and I'd hope that the, the stuff that you don't necessarily want to give away in a teaser trailer. So, so I'm cool, I'm cool with not seeing them. Although, obviously, I'd love to see them. Kyle, uh, how do they of when they do this unveiling of the legacy characters in a in a trailer? How do they avoid the you know return to Mayberry type reunion vibe? How do they do it if they shied away from it on this one? Well, that's exactly why they did it. You don't want to show like Harrison Ford looking seventy two years old with an earring and gray hair. You want to make this force look vibrant and vital and fresh and new, exciting with these characters leading it forward. Bring him in sparingly um, later on. Bring you know Luke seems like I don't know how much he's in the movie from what I've heard, not a ton, but used in a very potent off-screen way, so he maybe doesn't feature as much. Carrie Fisher, I didn't hear much about how much she was doing on set. Um, so who knows? I mean, she was there the whole time. We know just from how long they were in England and how many public appearances they did about how long they were shooting, but there's no guarantee as to how much they actually feature. But I think when you do, the next trailer is then to integrate them with the new faces so they're not it's not all about them. Now we have more information about these new characters we talked about. Now we can extrapolate on the relationships because first and foremost, they've led with these characters. And you look at the, the, the listing of the trailer on Apple TV. You know, It says it's John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, yep. Oscar Isaac, Adam Driver, Andy Serkis. You know, it's, it's yep. pushing those characters. They're the ones who feature in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, that is the cast list, and if uh, the only thing is, is that we're all going to look really stupid if the next trailer is all about Hog Squaddle and we can barely see the OT cast, or if, or if the next trailer, <laughs> maybe they, you're going to do another teaser trailer in the summer, and that's going to go off the nostalgia when you know people are in the movie theater. Maybe that's going to be all the classics. Do you think, Kyle, that 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 this is? But part I don't of think the, they will. This is part of the marketing where they're actually cutting fandom up into different pieces and and putting something out there that satisfies each group? I think these are the driving characters, the leads of this film. Um, and maybe Oscar Isaac isn't as big of a character as um, Harrison Ford is ultimately, 
but they they made a choice and they stuck with it, which is let's just go with fresh faces, fresh characters. We can do classic vehicles and classic environments, but fresh faces, you know. And if you start mixing that up, it maybe just becomes like, when does this take place, and why is he so old? And you start to ask more questions when you're only giving something 18, 19 frames of an image. And right now, by putting forward only the new and only the unknown, they create more excitement than putting. Look, the discussions, if you put Harrison Ford in there and you showed him something slightly different or you did something to Chewbacca, people – all these arguments would be like, did they go back to Vector Prime? Did they borrow this from this? <laughs> it's, you go into this direction of trouble, yeah. which is the only place people know how to go when they overanalyze is to go off information that's out there. And a lot of the information is all old now and it's abandoned and it's not canon and it's dead. So get past it. This is all new. We're not going to show these other characters. They have futures in this time period. So suddenly you're comparing and contrasting and now you're talking about going back to, to Jedi with it. Right now it just seems fresh. You don't, you don't know that this is 30 years later necessarily. You just know that this is fresh new Star Wars imagery. JC, um, what, what was really – we're 13 months away. What was the job of this trailer and did it do what it needed to do? I think, you know, and uh, and Kyle talked a little bit, bit about this on the comlink. I think people were just so hungry and things were leaking and they hadn't given us anything aside from a shot of an, a parked X-Wing and, uh, you know, some stolen drone photos. That's the only thing we'd seen. I think this was to satiate some appetite, you know. They just finished shooting the movie, what, three weeks ago? So these have to have been probably the first effects that they chose to finish thinking about this trailer. Um, and, and I think it was just to give, a, a, give us a little hat tip, you know? So was it, you think that this was part of the grand strategy or was this the, oh crap, things are leaking, let's put something together? You're talking about there being a... a a very and Kyle mentioned this earlier that this was very specifically chosen material. In fact, maybe even in some cases, perhaps uh, shot for this. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think uh, personally, just from rumors I was hearing, I think that they probably wanted a a mid December release, and after the Age of Ultron trailer leaked and everything started changing, you know, and and more and more leaks came out, I think they probably pushed it up to Black Friday. But I, I think overall, this, uh, this was meant to give us a taste of what we're going to see and give us something to talk about other than leaked concept art and, you know, can, rumors abounding all over the place. Can we confirm that the trailer that is online is the same trailer that is being seen in theaters? I believe it is. Um, yeah. I've only watched it once online, um, but I believe it's exactly the same. Okay, because we had talked, or we had heard that there would be a modified version of the trailer online. That so there was a, you know, I mean, look, I, I think that this was uh, truly. I really believe that Disney is learning as they go on this. Um, I don't think that they had initial plans to release this online. I think they thought they could get away with putting this in 30, um, 30 cities or however many cities across the United States. They had completely abandoned those overseas. They had completely abandoned the fan community online when it comes to this stuff. And I think iTunes came to the rescue 
and they needed they needed a big platform. And uh, ironically, YouTube is what I saw it on first, not iTunes trailers. It seemed like it took forever for it to load. Uh, they were going to really only put it in theaters on the day when everyone's shopping, when moms aren't taking their kids to the movies. They're out in line trying to get deals. You know, you have to kind of put it on. It's 2014. You know, you got to put it I on. I know, but I don't think that was part of the strategy. I think they were it really naive about this. Right, but it, it's, I think, you know, you can immediately say, this is what we're going to do, and then realize, wait, if we do that, there's probably... Yeah, some, people that aren't said that's it. really dumb. You know, I'm sure that somebody was like, hey, let's make this really old school and you have to go to the movie theater. Screw the internet. And let's just puppets. <laughs> wait, wait, we can't just use puppets. We actually have to do stuff. Right. We got to like actually. George did. We actually get right. <laughs> That's right. So, hey, uh, Jim, I know that we, we solicited online and we got. Um, uh, Jim, are you with us? The, uh, Jimmy came back and then he's gone again. Um, he's watching the trailer again. He's, <laughs> he is. Awesome. He's watching. All right, let me just wrap up with you guys and say uh, pose the same question that I posed to JC, which is, uh, what was the job of this trailer and did it deliver? Kyle, you seem to think that it fired on all cylinders. Uh, absolutely, I, I showed it. I was here. I watched it first thing with nieces and nephews and sister in law and brother, and they're all like, "Oh, there's a new Star Wars movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, JJ Abrams directed it. They're all like." They know it's there, but they're not like in it like we are. And their reaction was, whoa, play it again. Whoa, play it again. So people were captivated by it that weren't necessarily predisposed to it like we were to be to not just random walk upon it, you know, but they their experience with it was one of complete intrigue. It delivered, you know, right after we watched Jurassic World, they wanted to see that one too. And, you know, it's different. You got, like, Chris Pratt riding a motorcycle. It's, like, with raptors running around. It's it's a different thing. This is not a traditional trailer, you know. We didn't have a ship flying at us with an explosion right behind it. It was something I think they wanted to tease. There's a lot. I think the more we sit with this, we're going to realize there's a lot more to be discovered from it, from that voiceover. Um, hey, Kyle, it says what did, a lot. What but James I think it's delivered on all levels. I'm go ahead, thankful. Go, go ahead, JC. Right. I'm really thankful. I, I just wanted to know what James thought of it. Did you show James? James? Oh yeah, he watched it about eight times. And he just stared at it like, "What?" Right now he's <laughs> chewing on a like the rest of Yoda us. statue. As we speak, he's chewing on a Yoda statue. So am I. I he just I gave it to him this morning, and he's he's infatuated. You realize, oh my god, wait, Yoda's over here in my room, and there's one of these over here, and there's a Yoda back. He's realizing today who Yoda is. FJ, did it yeah. work? Yes. <laughs> okay. How could it not? I mean, uh-huh. I, so I don't understand. How is there anything bad about this? Right. When a movie is that far out, they don't owe us anything. Mm. They don't yeah, owe us anything. like it, find a new franchise, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it does the job like we talked about. If you sat there and said to somebody right now who loved this franchise or even knew it and hadn't seen the trailer years ago, Dude, stormtrooper. There's a stormtrooper running around desert. Bunch of X-wings flying over water. There's a girl on a land speeder. There's a mysterious dude in a cloak with a red, you know, lightsaber. And I might have screwed some of this up. And then, um, and then at the end, the Millennium Falcon does this crazy twisting, turning thing while Tie Fighters are coming at them. How does anybody not get that? Yeah. You know, I mean, how does it sit there and anybody go, "Oh, that sucks." I don't know. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, how does this not work? And that's what we were talking about before with the original characters. It, we don't. Kyle said we don't need them. I sort of. We do need them. We just don't need them this early. We don't need them right now. Yeah, we don't need them now. Like this like, is a teaser trailer. This is. I love the idea of they might have established their new triumvirate. You know, the new Star Wars triumvirate of Boyega, Ridley, and Oscar Isaac. And I could be wrong about that, but in my mind, as a fan. And the best part of this is not like the prequels. When we saw the trailers for the prequels, you can't compare this to the prequels. Because the prequels, we all knew the story. We didn't know how it was going to get there. But you could sit there and go, that's young Darth Vader. That's young Obi-Wan Kenobi. This guy, Qui-Gon, I don't know what he's about, but he's the one who trains them. And Yoda's in it all the This time, you don't know what the hell's going on here. You have no idea. Even though the we've heard difference. stuff behind the scenes, you don't know what's going on in this movie. And that's the fun part, is sitting there going, why is that kid on the planet? What, what are those stormtroopers going to do? Who's this dude with lightsaber? That's awesome. Like, how could anybody hate that? you got to be an idiot. <laughs> the biggest difference, though, between the two eras is the prequel trilogy had to start somewhere so far away and end up connecting to something familiar. That's its curse and its beauty. Yeah. You know, a lot of people couldn't, couldn't fill in the gap and realize that they had to be patient for the gap to be filled in. They wanted it all in the first movie. This movie, this sequel trilogy, has to start somewhere familiar – and go somewhere fresh and exotic because it's start it's car- it's coming off the end of Jedi, which we all know, and going into fresh new territory. So there's two very different tasks, and because the task of this one was to go to take the familiar and go into the new, it did that. It, in the spirit of this trailer, it was all about the new, going somewhere different. So that's what the challenge of this one was, you know, and that was the challenge. I think that's the challenge with the prequels and their limitations in some people's minds. And that's always going to be the the challenge of this trilogy is by going as far away as we're going to go now from familiar. Can you still anchor it? Paul did deliver. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, on on all cylinders. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the, the thing that most concerned me was, you know, in the absence of George. You know, the fact that we've got new people at the wheel now, you know, it, it was it was important to me that this this kind of rate retain that feeling of Star Wars, which I think it, you know, a lot of the ancillary stuff that's out there, you know, in the EU um, has never been able to kind of, you know, truly capture Star Wars in, 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 in the way that a movie needs to. And uh, the fact that this feels like Star Wars right from the off, even though that new people are at the wheel. And at the same time, I'm, I'm feeling that increased sense of reality. That was the most important thing to me. But then it is, it is nice to see right from the off that, you know, even with the little kind of bouncing uh, ball droid, you know, that, 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 was, that was originally a Ralph concept, the idea of, of having an R2 unit that rolled around on a, on a ball. And although this is kind of like, you know, is, is obviously kind of a, a more futuristic version of, of Ralph's idea, um, you know, the fact that they're kind of, Hawking back to Ralph, and uh, so many of his old designs are getting a, a bit of a an earring. You know that's that's a big deal to me. And, and 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 you know personally, although I love the prequels, you know I just you know there are many people out there who disagree with me, but I just didn't think it, they were Ralphy enough on any level. Um, you know the Naboo fighter did never got me excited, and I know there are lots of kids out there that really adore that. Um, but for me, you know, sitting down and, and seeing a new Star Wars movie, I want something that feels like an X-wing, even if it's been kind of changed and and and. Uh, you know, modernized. And this to me felt like enough like the old for me to be able to embrace it, but it felt refreshing and new and different. 
in a way that it needs to be. And, uh, you know, the old grouchy meme was kind of like, oh, this is, this is fantastic to see the Falcon flying. And then when it gets kind of computer gamey, you know, part of me was kind of thinking, oh, this feels really synthetic. But then at the same time, you know, I was thinking about the future and thinking that children need to really love this. And that they, they live in a world where, you know, every, every day they're playing computer games and they see the most, you know, spectacular kind of, you know, um, aerial dynamic, you know, shots of, of spaceships firing at each other and all that. And it's got to appeal to those kids too. And I think that this has a really good fighting chance of doing that. And I think that, that, uh, I think that you guys are right in, in saying that you, we probably are looking at a triumvirate of new characters. And, and what's really nice for me is to look at this and already feel like here are three actors who are, are clearly kind of good actors who are taking this seriously. And, and for me, you know, they, they, they feel already as convincing as, as Mark Hamill could be with Yoda. You know, you've got Isaac sitting in the cockpit. It looks like he's... Like you say, he's, he's had a serious fracker and he looks really, you know, intense and kind of, you know, serious. And you've got Daisy kind of projecting that kind of sense of I'm tough and, you know, independent. And uh, obviously John Boyega's acting at the front is, is, is feels really tight, even from a, a shot that's only a couple of seconds long. You can kind of tell that, you know, he's, he's, he's acting his heart out. So, yeah, for me, it makes me very optimistic about what we're going to get. And I think that this is you know, everything I would have wanted from a, from a Star Wars trailer. Um, at this stage, you know, I, I would hope that down the road, you know, things will give us a greater sense of the scale and scope of this story and that we'll get a, a larger sense of the kind of universe that it's taking place in. But this early on, I think that it would be unrealistic to expect that. And the, the, the final thing I'd say is, you know, to any fans that are, are remotely cynical about this, remember that none of this is cast a nine at this stage and this is just a publicity tool. And uh, in the end, you know, you got things like uh, Revenge of the Sith when the first trailer came out for that. We had Darth Vader kind of, you know, um, being raised on the table and his arms were by the side. And I remember laughing at that, thinking it looks like a glove puppet. And, uh, and by the time that shot made it into the movie, they completely like, repositioned his arms in post and the shot was entirely different. So I, I wouldn't get too upon anything that's in this, you know, whether it's an apparent effect shot or if it's, you know, that things can end up on the cutting room floor. So just, I would say to people, just enjoy it for what it is. And, and you know, I, I think it's a fantastic glimpse into something that I just can't wait to arrive. So, yeah, 10 out of 10 from me. Jimmy Mack, the balance between old and new, did they, did they reach it? Oh, absolutely. I think they did without even featuring some of those great actors we know from the original trilogy without even featuring R2 and 3PO. But you have the TIE Fighters, you have the X-Wings, you have the Millennium Falcon, and they're all accompanied with that brilliant original sound design. And we know Ben Bird is doing the sound design for the new film as well, so uh, there, there could be variations on those old sounds. I haven't really had time to pick those apart, but whatever it is, it, it's familiar. It's real Star Wars. It feels legit. It feels like the learning curve for this upcoming trilogy is not going to be quite as steep as it was for the prequels because we've already been schooled in a lot of the things we're going to see unfold on the screen. We don't need to be intro introduced to things. It's going to be fun to get reintroduced, but, uh, and also to get introduced to new characters, but I think we're going to be able to slide into the whole situation of the plot much easier than we ever did with the prequels. That's the benefit of it being a sequel trilogy. Uh, am I looking forward to seeing Han, Luke, and Leia? Like crazy. I want to see them. But this satisfied the old school Star Wars fan in me to a great degree, especially that shot of the Falcon at the end. Very satisfying, very cool, and uh, a great way to kick off 
the big promotional push for the sequel trilogy. Really looking forward to seeing more. I, I understand that when you make comparisons between this trailer and the episode one trailer, there was much more content packed into that episode one trailer. Obviously, they had more lead time and they were able to develop it much more. However, I think at this point in the production process, we've seen what we need to be shown at this point. I don't think we need to see much more. I think um, it's a great teaser, and that's exactly what it is. So uh, it teased me enough teased me enough to where I definitely want more, and isn't that the point of a teaser trailer in the first place to begin with? I tell you, it's one thing when we get an hour's worth of discussion out of a 22-minute episode of Rebels, but uh, to get over an hour's worth of discussion out of an 88-second trailer, <laughs> it can only mean one thing. We got new Star Wars coming to the theaters, and this has been uh, a real joy to talk to you all. I just can't think of uh, a better group to get together uh, to discuss this and to share this momentous, momentous uh, happening. With. And I, I'll stick by my original uh, proclamation that this is the most significant thing to happen to Star Wars since the release of Return of the Jedi. These are our heroes, and uh, prequels are no prequels. I love the prequels, uh, but really this is getting back to the roots of what it's all about, and uh, we haven't seen that since uh, 1983. So at any rate, big thanks to our panel, uh, J.C. Reifenberg. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Paul Bateman. Paul, couldn't do it without you, my man. Thanks, dude. Nice to be here. Woohoo! New Star Wars! And uh, FJ DeSanto, hey, thanks, man, for keeping it PG. I tried. I tried. <laughs> There's no troop transports in that trailer, so I'm, I'm trying to keep calm. <laughs> and, uh, and Kyle, you got to share it with the whole fam. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was the best way to wake up today. Pop that on. I know FJ was like, where's Kyle? Is he alive? I haven't heard from him. But I, I didn't want to watch it on my phone. I wanted to watch it big and loud, so I had to wait till a few more people woke up and then put it up to 11. How could you hold out? How could you wait like I, that? You know what? I had to hold out. Oh, I knew I had the whole day to watch it over and over. I was, like, waiting. I didn't want to read reaction. I only had to wait, like, 30, 40 minutes. It was, I was patient. It made it, the anticipation that much, much better, and it, was, and it was totally worth it. And like Jimmy said, it's a teaser. It's meant to tease, and I've been teased. And that's it served its goal beautifully. And I just want more. I just want more, more, more. It's an exciting, exciting, explosive time. Disney, get working on those theme park rides. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. What, what are we waiting on here? Why? Oh, this should be opening next year. There needs to be. They should have put out uh, toys in conjunction with this too. I mean, people are that excited. They probably could have pushed more Star Wars toys this Christmas. Early bird. They should have done an early oh bird. Oh Early bird Boyega with removable helmet. Come on. Same. Yeah, those you'd have to put a name on the card, you know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Early bird. Well, last, last, I, last I heard, J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams was denying that uh, Boyega was in the movie. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do the action figure. <laughs> you know, JJ's gotten so bad. He's he's denying. Oh, forget it. 
Jimmy Mack, final thoughts on the trailer. One thing you can't deny about this trailer was it's just an amazing and energetic buzz I get off seeing new Star Wars footage. I don't care what you want to call it. It's episode seven to me, and we were told episode seven was never going to happen. Well, it's going to, and it's off to a great start. I really like the, the look of that new droid that rolls around on the desert. It's kind of silly. I always thought the R2 unit was a good design in itself, and I hope we still see a lot of R2-D2 and other R2 units in this film. But, uh, boy, that, that, that R2 beach ball really uh, breaks up the monotony, doesn't he? He's, he's a lot of... F- He's a lot of fun to have at parties, too. Um, Boyega looks great. Daisy Ridley looks fantastic. The whole trailer looks and feels like Star Wars. Bring it. All right. Guys, thank you all so much for being here. Glad that you were able to uh, find us, download us, and listen to our analysis of what is sure to be many, many more to come. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next time here at Rebel Force Radio for Rebel Force Radio. I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, Force will be with you always. 